0: and welcome to the agri-food commscast, the podcast that brings you the story behind the stories shaping the news agenda in our industry. I'm Catherine Lynch and would like to introduce you to our second episode where we continue to focus on how the food and farming industry is responding to the COVID-19 pandemic, this time with a focus on the dairy sector. We'll be talking to Caroline Mason from the Co-op shortly. But first, I'm here with AHDB's Chief Marketing Officer, Christine Watts. So welcome, Christine. It's uh, certainly an ambitious uh, campaign, million pound promotional uh, campaign. Was this something that you'd already planned or was something already on the agenda or uh, was this triggered by by Covid?
1: Hi there. So, um, look you wouldn't normally set out and think that you wanted to market liquid milk it's got a 98% household penetration it's one of the most well-known products in the in the consumer and shopper basket and probably one of the most challenging marketing conundrums that we have ever had as a team so we worked very closely at AHDB with our market insight now consumer insight teams and what we could see with uh covid as we all experienced was the absolute sudden overnight closure of food service and for the dairy sector and liquid milk in particular when you've got organizations like costa starbucks mcdonald's closed who are significant outlets for milk and milk-based products, you know, the wonderful lattes that, that we all enjoy in um, our smoothies and milkshakes, we suddenly have a situation where the dairy industry had a perfect storm. Not only have they got the closure of one of their key outlets in terms of food service, but also this time of year as spring grass comes through is when there is always um, a sort of Extra production of milk, which is in the supply chain, so that you've got the extra production and you've got one of your significant outlet avenues closed. And whilst consumers are buying more milk at home, it was not filling the gap that we saw with the closure of food service. So this campaign uh, is up and running because of COVID, because of the changing lifestyles that we're all experiencing, and had not even been considered prior to the sort of 20th of March. So it absolutely is brand new, hot off the press and responding to what we're seeing as a market situation.
0: Brilliant. So uh, a busy few weeks. then on my-
1: <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it is, it, it, you know, a busy few weeks indeed. And I know we'll get into talking about the campaign, but the dynamics of how people have had to work to enable us to get the market insight we needed understand what consumer behaviours and attitudes and and purchasing was looking like, which is significantly different to what we've seen in the past, and then working out how to develop a campaign that will resonate with society at the moment and is is socially aware. It's no mean feat, actually, when everything you do is through Teams or telephone calls or a Skype meeting. Um, So that, that kind of ways of working has had to just be adopted and picked up and, and embraced so quickly. And it, it is amazing how versatile people can be. Yeah,
0: uh, it's, it's incredible and absolutely hats off to you, uh, Christine, and your, your teams. That's, uh, that's amazing. Um, so can you give us a little bit more detail about the promotional campaign itself? What can we um, expect to, to see?
1: Okay, so the assets will start to go live um, uh, next week with social media. The campaign is all about uh, connecting the consumer who's quite possibly feeling isolated, not having those usual social moments where they would have a cup of coffee with a friend at work or they would go out for a, a coffee or some time together and have a chat. And what we're trying to do is recreate those moments virtually by saying you know milk is your moment and enjoy your moment take that time to have that hot drink or to have the the milk-based beverage and connect with somebody whilst you do that so choose choose a connection be that someone in your phone book you haven't chatted to for a long time and you pick the phone up and both sit down with your drink or be that that you that that you take a moment virtually and connect through a a zoom or a team or another type of virtual platform. So we're trying to, to give that momentum to create that moment. And the ambition of the campaign or the aim is to increase retail sales of milk by 3%. As I said at the start, That's no small ambition when you're looking at a 98% household penetration already, but this is about giving people the chance to take that time and enjoy their milk-based beverages.
0: Yeah, brilliant. I mean, certainly we can all connect with the uh, the fact that uh, we're, we're missing our uh, our Costa Lattes and tops <laughs> yeah. at McDonald's for uh, the the frothy coffees and things. Um, so, are you actually, you know, in terms of the demographic of people that you're trying to reach out for? Have you actually defined sort of what audience that that you think is really going to connect with with your campaign?
1: Yeah. So last year, before all of this happened, we did quite a lot of work across the dairy sector, looking at attitudes to dairy. So not based on your demographic necessarily, but your attitude to the product and whether you were looking to dial up or dial down, but your your consumption of dairy and why that might be. And we've got two target audiences um, for this campaign. The first is premium treaters. So that's around 69% of those are female and this is people who are really looking for an occasion, a milk occasion, which is a treat to them. They like taste and they like quality in their product and you know we know that 41% of milk in the home is teas and coffees and we're thinking, with this connection, with a social time you build in, with a treating yourself in having that moment and that time, there's a target audience there that we can work to. The second audience is what we call influencibles. These typically are family audience. 85% of them are currently buying milk products, but there's an opportunity where they again can increase their consumption through that family connection and through um, the meal choices that they choose whilst uh, whilst in lockdown and and unable to get out. So we, we've done some consumer testing of some of the concepts in the campaign and found that they've worked really well. We've had to do them virtually because of the situation we're in, but the feedback was very positive and both of those audiences responded very well to actually having the time to connect, to pick up uh, and make time for those moments that we would have had in a different way pre our lockdown situations
0: yeah brilliant and uh uh, social media you mentioned is that your your main platform you'll be using
1: predominantly we'll start through social media and then as people wish they'll have the chance to share the moments that they've created and and build a sort of community of of the time that they have spent be it connecting with a neighbor over the fence or virtually we'll use some of those images and some of that user generated content then to build through towards the end of the campaign into a tv positioning so quite exciting how we're we're building it we haven't got the normal ability to go and use a studio and shoot something as we would with a big script so again having to be very agile innovative and testing out something that's new for us and actually be new for many marketers and we will see how it goes so we will be doing a full Cantar mix model evaluation and we will also be doing a future thinking deep dive into attitudes from consumers because it is really important that whilst this is innovative and new and all quite exciting at the moment, have we actually delivered what we said and, and has it worked?
0: Thanks Christine. So we've just been hearing about a massive £1 million consumer promotional campaign that's aiming for mass engagement. But very often, it's much smaller audiences that we're looking to engage. And keeping with the dairy theme, I'm keen to find out from our next guest, Caroline Mason, Head of Agriculture at Co-op, as to how they have developed a long-term relationship with their 159 Co-op Dairy Farmer Group. Welcome, Caroline. Hi there. Now, it's uh, often said, Caroline, that the pinnacle of great PR is to achieve unsolicited endorsement from your audience. Now, you've had a very recent uh, example of that that's uh, come about uh, post-COVID-19. So I wondered if you could just give us a little bit of a a backdrop in terms of how COVID has affected co-op and your dairy category and um, actually the reaction that you had from your, your dairy farmer group as a result.
2: Yeah, great. Thank you, Catherine, for the introduction there. So supermarket supply chains, we are we're used to flexing. Um, we have to flex with the weather, we have to flex when there is a World Cup or a national celebration and we have to flex when there are shortages in the supply chain. So when lockdown was implemented it put huge pressure on our supply chains and our ability to actually physically move products through our distribution network and into our co-op stores and so the pressure that we would normally see at Christmas time when our volumes um go up and ramp up into Christmas week and the number of cases that move through our distribution network when you get those peaks at Christmas say normally at Christmas we would get 10 million cases that would go through our Distribution network change. Well, overnight, that ramped up to 12 million cases, which our our distribution network had never been tested in that way, and it's never been tested in that way for for days after days. So, purely on a logistics perspective, um, to help the supply chain cope, we we had to coll- collaborate with a number of other retailers so that we could all work together to actually feed the nation and. We drew up contingency plans that would help the country to cope with panic buying and then under these plans with the other British supermarkets we worked with our suppliers to scale back the varieties of foods and groceries that was available and this major reduction in our ranges meant that our suppliers could then run their manufacturing plants far more efficiently and so we essentially drew up a, a product priority list. So that was back at the beginning of um, lockdown. We also had to do an awful lot of work from a protecting our colleagues on the front line. So those people who are serving people when they come into our stores and we've had to invest millions into protective clothing across all of our stores in England, Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland. And. We also had to recruit um, a further 5,000 people to help bolster our colleagues that we needed to have in stores to literally help to feed the nation. But then if we fast forward um, a number of weeks and the dairy industry was really hit hard by the crash of the food service sector and us um, not having an outlet for all of the milk that we produce in this, in this country, The relationship with our dairy farmers which has been built up over the last um, nine years really um, came into play even more strongly than what it does on a normal day-to-day perspective because we had to ask our dairy farmers to reduce their milk volumes by three percent and this is an ask that went across the country to all dairy farmers so not just the 159 dairy farmers that co-op work with but Muller are our um, dairy um, processor partner they had to ask all of their dairy farmers to cut their volume by three percent to help help reduce the surplus of milk that we had but at the same time also help those farmers that had lost their contract into the food service sector so that um, they were hopefully not going to be having to pour as much milk down the drain so it was an action that was not just for the co-op dairy farmers, but it was also for the greater good of the the whole industry. And we approached that in a very um, pragmatic way with Muller, who is our dairy processor partner, as I say. And um, we wrote a letter to our dairy farmers um, explaining the situation and asking them if they would support the 3% ask in the milk volume um, reduction with immediate effect. And effectively, we were um, echoing the ask that Muller had already asked of those dairy farmers, and one of our dairy farmers, Brianne Sims, um, she did it. Did it along with all of our other dairy farmers. Actually, they all understood that the reason why this needed to be done, and they all did respond and reduce their milk volumes. But Brianne said, "I feel like I can sleep at night knowing that I've done knowing that I've done my bit."
0: obviously COVID-19 has impacted your business tremendously and for the dairy farmers to be able to sort of cope with you know the the circumstances that they have done in you know spring peak productivity time being asked to reduce volumes you know it's uh, uh, chaotic to to say the least i'm I'm sure now you've shared on Twitter and i've I've seen the video myself in terms of uh, the reaction that you've had from your dairy farmer group. Can you just describe to me what what you received from them because I, I know it was a completely unsolicited <laughs> response
2: Wow it had such an impact on on me my team and so many people at all levels within our business um, Because when we asked our dairy farmers to reduce their volumes by 3%, we also said that we would continue to uphold our price. So our price that we give to our dairy farmers, which is um, done every quarter and we'd already agreed our May to July price with our dairy farmers when we wrote the letter to them um, back in April and we then upheld our price from May to July. So knowing how much dialogue and how much thoughtfulness goes into the conversations that we have every day as a team with our commercial colleagues and many others in our business, to have received that video that was completely unprompted, we had absolutely no idea that our dairy farmers were going to do this video and to see it on social media on Friday, it literally blew us all away and I had goosebumps watching it. I had a lump in my throat. Josh, who was my dairy agricultural manager, he well he was exactly the same. He had a lump in his throat because to have a group of farmers actually pulling together and thanking a retailer is it's just unheard of and it was such a authentic, meaningful gesture of thanks that was just unprompted and I think that's what just literally touched all of us in a way that we had no idea was going to mm-hmm. come on a Twitter feed. It was really special.
0: So, so the film itself, it was a, a sequence of uh, pieces of footage from your, yeah. your dairy farmers, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, so there was about 20 of our dairy farmers who um, had decided that actually they wanted to do a video, so they, they all individually in their farms, be it in their cow sheds or be it with their family standing in a field with a pint of milk,
0: Brilliant. I mean, that's such a great story. And, and like I say, with the an unsolicited sort of gesture of that kind, where the farmers have grouped together off their own initiative, it's not something that uh you'd commercially instigated or or, or anything of that kind. I think that really showcased, you know, the relationship that you'd you'd developed. And, and even though the the thanks was for I guess, you know, holding the milk price over that short time period, I'd suggest that actually, I mean, I've worked in PR for over 20 years myself and understand that these things don't just come about with one gesture once. And, you know, it's underpinned, I think, by a much longer term relationship where you've really generated trust and, and respect with with that audience.
2: When we're out on farm, we... pictures of us on farm with our farmers and the conversations that we've been having so we keep a continual flow of how we are working with our farmers in in the normal world that we live in with the relationships that that we have week on week um, with our farmers and the agri shows as you say the royal highland the royal welsh and the great yorkshire is a really wonderful opportunity for us to spend time with the british public celebrating great british food but it's also time for us to invite our farmers to come onto our stand and we spend time with them um, in our grazing exchange. So there is lots of activities that happen throughout the year where we are maintaining a conversation so that each farmer knows knows me and my team as individual people um, and that they feel connected to the co-op as an organisation and us as a team and us as human beings as, as well who are very much wanting to work with our farmers um in a really meaningful way
0: well it's it's obviously paid off caroline i mean um to have that kind of testimony from the uh, the dairy group i think is absolutely uh fantastic that brings our podcast for this week to a close huge thanks goes to our guest christine watts and caroline mason we've had some great insider insight into the upcoming consumer campaign to promote drinking milk and we've also seen how investing in a long-term stakeholder relationship has really paid off for the co-op we'll be retweeting farmer video we talked about from our pinstone twitter feed that's at pinstone comms, so do check that out and thank you to everyone who has subscribed to date please keep recommending us uh, out there in the industry. The podcast can be found uh, on Apple as well as Spotify and all other major podcast platforms. So we'll be back in a fortnight with more on the stories behind the stories in food and farming. But for now, that's a wrap.